being able to say hello to you and happy whatever day it is because it's helping me remember what day we're on. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be like, hello, happy Monday, Thursday. It's so good to see you. <laughs> I have exciting news for those of you who have been following the broadcast the last two days. Two days ago, whoa, I hear a sound. I hear some singing that's happening. And Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to rival the singing. Um, but no, two days ago on the broadcast, we did a challenge. Uh, I thought jokingly, but you know, the word says that when you decree a thing, <laughs> it shall be done. So Julie Buck brought in some pumpkin chocolate chip cookies for those of <laughs> for those of us here to partake in. And they were pretty good. Um, so Johnny, where are you at? Where you at? It also makes me want to do comparisons often to see if like product testing comes into me. Like if I just say, man, I would really like to compare the new iPhone 11 to the new whatever Google phone is out. Like who's going to send that in? I'm really excited to see. Uh, make sure that as you are hopping on, that you say hello, that you tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that we can say hello back to you. I see Buddy Crabtree and Mr. Mark Presley. Mark, George and I are excited to see y'all tonight. We are coming to Life Group. Um, Prill was thinking today was Wednesday. Look, I, I get it. When I got into the office today, I'm like, is it Friday? Wednesday? What day is it right now? <laughs> Lisa says, hi and bye. Hi, bye, hi, bye. <gasps> Guys, look right there. Look right right there. Sharing, liking, and subscribing. You can help us by doing the following. 
<laughs> and in that moment, I lived my dream of being Vanna White. <laughs> Pastor made these lower third graphics. So please, you help us when you share the broadcast because someone you know needs to hear what we are about to go over today. And you also help us not only when you like the broadcast, but when you like our page because we are constantly putting stuff out. So as you like the page, it'll pop up and you'll be able to see more of it. And when you subscribe, so like, subscribe, share, we invite you to join the What's Right family in that way. And now I'm going to go back and say hi. Johnny says he's going to have to make his on Saturday. Johnny Shaver, a man of God, if there ever was one. So I'll tell you what I told Julie. Pumpkin, obviously, pumpkin chocolate chip cookies are great. But when you add, like, spices to them, like pumpkin spice and cinnamon and nutmeg, like it really enhances it a whole bunch too. So that's pretty exciting. Deborah Ann Aldridge, Pastor Brian, just changed up her hello. It is not hello. She gave a Wilson. Howdy ho, neighbor. What is up, Wilson from Home Improvement? That right there. <laughs> Holly, I see Holly. Chelsea Troublefield hopped on. Lisa Honeycutt. Uh, Deb says she loves Lisa. Well, Deb, I love you and Lisa. Boom. And Jade Stallings has joined the broadcast. Jade Stallings has also joined us at 6 a.m. prayer the last couple days. And I love you bunches. So we are excited to have you today, right now, at this moment. Share the broadcast as you're hopping on. Tell us who you are and where you're watching from. But we are about to dive into today's daily memes. Bum, bum, ba -dum, bum, bum, daily memes. I really just need to make my own theme song for it. <laughs> we have a couple going up today. As, as we've been doing, I have been sharing, um, or we've been sharing some corona memes. But there is one in there that is particularly Barrett Nauer humor. So are you ready to put those up? Perfect. Go for it. <laughs> the Mike Wazowski ones get me almost every time I see them. <laughs> the face. My pet waking up every morning expecting me to be at work, but realizing I'm still in quarantine. <laughs> if this isn't Hobbs, Hobbs is my cat. <laughs> Day three of lockdown, separated Nescafe three-in-one powder. That is some serious boredom is what that is. Oh, my gracious. Can you imagine doing that? <laughs> I saved over $1,000 this month by switching to quarantine. <laughs> and, okay, everybody, this one is Barrett humor. That's, that's what this one is. You ready? <laughs> Christian Mingle username. Somebody love or somebody to love. <laughs> Find me somebody to love. Find. <laughs> it's okay if nobody else laughed. I laughed a lot. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I have no issue with laughing at my own humor. Pastor Nicole. It looks like Pastor Nicole's here. And Deb says that she's just trying to mix it up a little by saying, Heidi ho, good neighbor. We have some pretty exciting pumpkin chocolate chip cookies here. Pastor's already di dived, dove, divin, half dived, half dove in. I don't know. What is the past participle of that word? 
He has already eaten some. They've been consumed in him already. So they are pretty good. They were good, too. That was my breakfast. <laughs> it was my breakfast, too. Breakfast, oh, champions. <laughs> oh, goodness. Natalie Shaver Wagner is watching. Hello. Jade, I don't know why you are putting up emojis with your hand over your face at the Psalm Body to Love. Please. <laughs> it was not that rough. <laughs> well, y'all, get ready for this broadcast. It's going to be great. We're going to be continuing on with our Man Who Would Be King series. We are in the wilderness at this point in time. But before we do, we just wanted to invite you. We I'm are not in the wilderness. This series is located in the wilderness topic, but oh, this okay. series is not in a wilderness mindset. <laughs> I didn't know how to, how to properly confess that. <laughs> I tried. But this weekend, we wanted to invite you. We are having drive-in church again this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to my dad last night on the phone, and he asked if uh, we were streaming online and moving to that, and I... It was really cool that I was able to tell him that we haven't once been shut our doors. We've just adapted, and the Lord has given us some innovative ways to still assemble together. So if you are missing assembling together, if you're looking for that, we are doing that here while still following the social distancing guidelines. We would love to have you at 1030 here at Boomerang Church this Sunday. Come on out. We'd love to have you, and it's fun. It's been really good. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Paul is on. Paul the Stalins. Paul the Stalin. Phil over on YouTube. Ashley Melton over on YouTube. Arabella Ashley. over on YouTube. Bellsy. Hello. Got people talking. Got people saying hello. Good to see you. And uh, we just welcome everybody. And listen, sharing is caring. Share, like, subscribe. Help us get the gospel out. Amen. Uh, this is going to be a good one today, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And hallelujah. What else do you have? Nothing. 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 Wow. Okay. Nothing planned anyway. Nothing planned. Yeah, I understand. Well, let's jump right in. The man who would be king, part 11, talking about... Uh, being a leader, being a minister, a pastor, a servant leader, a supervisor, everybody in the body of Christ is called to be a leader of some sort. They're called to make disciples. Uh, they're called to uh, be a leader in the body. They're called to grow and they're ca called to increase. If we're going to make disciples, how can we make disciples if we haven't grown and learn some things about how to lead people. And so we see that we need to walk in this. But if we don't walk in this, then we are taking what God has given us and we're burying it. We're, we're not utilizing it the way that we should. Hello, Lemuel from the Philippines. Good to see you. So let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 20. Uh, backing up to verse 18. We'll say 1 Samuel 18, 18. And one of the things that we're looking at is, you know, many times our gifting, the gifting that God has given you, 
He's got a plan to take you to your destiny in him. God wants to see you fulfill it. We want to see you fulfill it. But many times we don't get to that place because our character, our integrity does not uphold us in the place of the gifting. And so we end up missing what the Lord has for us. Well, I don't want that for you. I want you to fulfill everything that God has for you. But in order to do that, we have to apply certain things. We have to move into uh, certain areas of character and certain areas of uh, spiritual fruit. Otherwise, we won't. So that's what we're discussing in this. And I'm telling you, the Lord has brought out some great, great things, uh, great character points, great things for us to focus on as a leader so that we don't fall off track, so that we don't lose what God wants for us. So let's look at verse 18. So one of the things that happens with believers is when God starts putting an anointing in your life, when he starts moving in your life, you start walking in righteousness and righteousness is really moving in your life and it's the holiness of God is working. When we start walking like that, you see it in Hebrews 8 or 1 verse 8 and 9, all of a sudden Jesus hated sin, loved righteousness, he was walking in holiness and he was anointed. So when that anointing comes in, it starts opening up things. And so sometimes it opens up things that you should receive, and sometimes it opens up things that you shouldn't receive. A good leader understands that everything that's presented to him is not of God, and we need to take a look at that. So in verse 18, uh, Saul, King Saul had offered his daughter to David. Now, this was not only his daughter's hand in marriage, this was also uh, a, an heir to the throne. It was uh, a access to the king. And David says this, Who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be the king's son-in-law? One of the things I think that's important for leaders to see is just because something is offered doesn't mean that we should always take it. It doesn't mean that it's the right thing for us. We need to make sure, Lord, what is this? Uh, is this for me or for something else? I've had times where uh, the Lord, you know, I, I can remember a couple of times where somebody came and they just said, hey, he, hey, pastor, here's $100 or here's $200. They just stuck it in my hand. And I've learned now that anytime I receive something, whether it's uh, money or anything else, uh, it could just be a gifting. I, I ask the Lord, what is this for? What do you want me to do with it? And sometimes the Lord says, don't receive it. Sometimes he says, that's not for you. And I, I say, okay, so I don't even let my heart grab a hold of it. And one time it was $100 or $200 somebody had put in my hand. And sure enough, I turn around and in the next you know, hour or so, there's somebody that walks in the door and God says, now give that to them. And so it wasn't mine to keep, it was, it was that person's. The Lord was just using me to funnel it through me because he could trust me to do the right thing with it. Can you be trusted to do the right thing with wealth, whether it's finances or giftings? Can you be trusted if he anoints you? 
If he gives you an anointing and he anoints you with giftings, can you be trusted with that? Or are you going to let that go to your head and all of a sudden you're going to be in pride like what we were talking yesterday? Or you just don't handle it well. You don't esteem it. You don't honor it. You don't grow in that skill. Uh, Multiple times, uh, just to finish the story, one time I had a situation where I was looking to buy something very personal for Nicole and myself. And I started to buy it. And the Lord checked me, said, this is not how you do anything else. Why should you do it in this small thing, this small area? Everything you do, you let me lead you. Why would you not let me lead you on this? I said, okay, I backed right off of it. I let go of what I was about to do, and I backed away from it. Two weeks later, somebody pulls up in the driveway, and uh, I was going to purchase something. Uh, Two weeks later, somebody pulls up in the driveway. They hand me money. And uh, it was significant, got my attention. And all of a sudden, I said, Lord, okay, what is this? He said, that's for you. I said, said, Lord, what? He said, that's for that item you wanted to buy. Now you you don't have to go into debt. It didn't cost you anything because you listened to me. Because you were willing to do. And he said, that's not, that's not to give to somebody else. That's not something you don't have to receive. No, I just wanted you to have it. He cares about those things. He cares about the big things and the small things. He already had a plan for that. The question is, am I trustworthy with the things that he gives me? One time I had a person uh, that actually, two different people, that actually carried a gift that God gave them a gift. This particular gift was uh, praying in tongues. When people would pray in tongues, they would hear the interpretation. They would have a discerning of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So when they would hear somebody praying in tongues, they would hear it in English what they were saying, or they would know instantly what that was. And I went, I've longed for that gift quite a long time. And I, I thought, man, that's awesome. And I said, listen, don't bury the gift, but make sure that when you hear that, immediately write it down and bring it to me. Because the word says that every joint should supply in the body. God was giving them that gift so that it could be used. Bring it to the leader so he can decide how to apply it in the service. Well, they didn't do it. Two different people. Both of them did not do that. And sure enough, after a period of time, it went away. Because God had given them something, but they didn't utilize it. They didn't take what was in their hand. They didn't take the loaves and the fishes and give it to God in that way. They just let it go away. And so what are you doing? If you have a skill, if you have a talent, if you have resources, what are we doing with that? Here's the question. Can God trust you? Can he trust you? To give you things. But see, if we're not walking in character and integrity, you're not trustworthy of those things, and God won't give them, won't be able to give them to you because you'll mishandle them. So write that in the comments. Say, can I be trusted with God's resources? Can I be trusted with God's resources? Or you can write, I can be, I will be trusted. With God's resources. You can write that instead of asking it as a question. But this is a question, if you want to shine the light on yourself, ask yourself, not just today, 
but ask it tomorrow, next week, and ask it in, in several weeks. Lord, can I be trusted with your resources? And one of the markers of that is, is he giving things to you? Here's another way to look at it. Am I using what I already have? You know, if you look at the widow, uh, if you look at the widow in, um, what is it? Chronicles, I believe. Uh, no, Kings. I think it's 1 Kings 4, 1 Kings 8. The widow says, I need help. And the prophet says, what do you have? And the first words out of her mouth was, I don't have anything. Then she kind of, the Holy Ghost, I would say, helped her. She corrects it and says, but I have a little bit of oil. So which one is it? Do you not have anything or do you have a little bit of oil? So a lot of times people have the resources, but they're not using those resources. They're not applying that. They're not using what they have. One of the keys uh, to some of the success that we've had is we'll look around and say, don't let anything sit around and get dusty. Use it all, and if you're not using it, give it away. <laughs> Use what you have. Nothing is going to get stale or unused in this ministry. But if we treat our lives like that, I don't want stuff sitting around. I don't want storehouses that go for years and it's never used. Use it, sell it, give it away, sow it, but don't let it sit. There's, the gospel needs to get out there. What are we doing? Do you have the ability to cook pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, which were pretty awesome? She's over here. She does. And she used those resources today to make her pastor very happy. Amen. Glory to God. Especially when it didn't have breakfast. It was very tasty. So are we using the resources that we have? You know, oh, well, I don't really, I don't really uh, have many gifts or talents. You have time. You have the ability to carve out some time. You're breathing. You have life. You can pray. You can read your Bible. You can clean up something at the church. You can plan. You can be on the hospitality team. There's tons of things. But see, because people look with a poverty mindset, well, I don't really have anything, then they never get anything more. And they don't use what they have. See, the, the, remember, the little boy with loaves and fishes, and childlike faith. Here you go. Here's, here's, I got, here, take the loaves and fishes. 15,000 people. Well, you know, you, can you imagine the, thank you, son. Thank you for trying to give us your loaves and fishes. Jesus said, oh, no, bring them here. I imagine the adults are like, what in the world is he about to do? Remember what they were saying. What is this? Even the disciples, what is this among so many? Oh, to God, it's everything you needed. You add that little bitty lunch with Almighty God, and God makes it a supernatural dinner. Supernatural dinner with 12 baskets left over. It's not what it looks like in your eyes. It's what your heart looks like in the eyes of God. Put that in there. It's not what it looks like in my eyes, comma. It's what my heart looks like in the eyes of God. Can you be trusted with what you have? Can you be trusted for God to give you more? I will be trusted with God's resources. Put it in the comments again. Put it in all caps and an exclamation point. I will be trusted with God's resources. Amen. Glory to God. 
All right, so we're looking at this. Make it a confession. Get it in you. I will be trusted. Why? Because I will give myself to the things of God. I'm not going to let uh, anything around me get stale, collect dust. No, I'll use what I have. I'm watching it at our ministry now. I watch people, and they are just, they're giving what they have. Sure enough, what happens when they have a need? God meets it. Why? Because they're meeting God's needs. They've sown to meet God's needs with what may look like small in their eyes. But listen, when God gives uh, what he thinks is small, it's still overwhelming to us. We can be trusted with God's resources if we'll use what we have. I'm watching people, I'm watching God come through time after time after time to people right now in the ministry because they've grabbed a hold of this. Lord, let me give you what's in my hand. I can tell you even here, you know, how did we get to the place where we're broadcasting every day, we have the equipment to do it, stuff like that. Because when we didn't have all the equipment we had today, we used what was in our hand. And even when we had money to purchase certain things that we needed for video, it, we had another... Uh, brother, another body, another church that needed something for a special uh, timing, opportunity of a special time, and we said, hey, you take it. You take it. We'll believe God for more. And, and so then, when we needed something, God showed up. God showed up. This is how it works. Can we be trusted? Hey, Pamela Kelly, good to see you. So let's look at 1 Samuel 18 and verse 20. Alrighty. It says, Now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. When they told Saul, the thing was agreeable to him. Saul thought, I will give her to him that she may become a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David, For a second time you may be my son-in-law today. You know, what was happening? Saul was going, oh, okay, she loves him, he loves her, I'll use this. Understand that if you are walking in God's anointing, you just get your heart right with God, God will protect you. God will empower you. God will strengthen you. And even when people form plans against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Put that in the comments. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Verse 22. Then Saul commanded his servants, Speak to David secretly, saying, Behold, the king delights in you, and all his servants love you. Now therefore, become the king's son-in-law. So now look at this. Saul, the bad leader, he's conspiring to manipulate David. He's conspiring to manipulate them. This is what bad leaders do. Good leaders don't do that. Amen. <laughs> don't be a bad leader. <laughs> be a good leader. Manipulation, bad. No manipulation, good. But you know, people do it all the time in leadership positions. 
And they, listen, and they didn't start out trying to get to that. They didn't start out there. That's where they ended up at because they didn't check small things. They didn't study to show themselves approved like you're doing today by listening to this. They didn't work on themselves. They didn't give themselves. All right, let me put in the work. Let me put in the work. Many people don't do that. They just think that, well, once I'm here on the throne, that's all. I don't have to work on myself. I have arrived. That's dangerous. No, we should always be believing in Christ that we're increasing. He says this, uh, 23, So Saul's servant spoke these words to David, but David said, Is it trivial in your sight to become the king's son-in-law? since I am a poor man and lightly esteemed. So what are we seeing out of David? Even now, Dave, even now, David is saying, look, do you think that I deserve this? I don't deserve this. I don't come from the right family. I don't, you know, and this is in Christ. You deserve what Christ had because he took what you deserve. So in Christ, it's a different situation today. But at the same time, we do need to apply the humility that David had here. In other words, I recognize that in Christ, I deserve some things. But without Christ, I don't deserve not one good thing. What I deserved, I don't want because I didn't deserve it. He adds all good things to my life. And so David's recognizing this even after, watch this, even after he is anointed, even after he is anointed, David's sitting there going, I don't deserve this. And he's, and he's telling the servants of Saul, like, are you esteeming this position lightly? Do you even know who you are and what position you're in. Do you know what this is? This is no small thing. What is he, what's David doing? He's saying, look, I recognize these positions of leadership. They are a big thing. It's not just something that I don't care about. It's not something that I don't honor. No, it's a big thing. And so one of the things that a good leader will do is a good leader esteems every position that God would ever place him in. Puts a high priority and a high esteem. See, many people, they don't have a high esteem on their job. You know, and so many times you see people that they don't have a high esteem on their job and uh, they'll talk bad about their job. They don't want to be there. And then, you know, a situation like this happens with a corona and all of a sudden you see... You see people going, praise God, I got a job. All of a sudden, that job got more important. It was important the whole time. The question was, were we esteeming it? If we esteem that position, God can bless it. Right. You can write this down. A good leader walks in the blessing because he esteems the position that God has for him. A good leader walks in a blessing because he esteems the position that God has placed them in. Put that in the comments. A good leader walks in the blessing because they esteem the position that God has placed them in. A good leader walks in the blessing because they esteem the position that God has them in. Many people, I've watched it, they overlook. I talked a few uh, week or so ago about cleaning the toilets. Listen, did my flesh like cleaning the toilets? No. 
No, my flesh did not like cleaning the toilets. However, this is where God had me at that moment, and I enjoyed it because God had me there. I chose to enjoy it, and I got to the place where I truthfully did enjoy it, and I was sad, legitimately sad, when he told me that time was over. I, not just like I was thinking it in my head. No, I was legitimately sad because I had learned to esteem that, even though it's a position many people wouldn't have esteemed. I gave myself because that's what God had me doing right there. If God had me doing that, if he had me in that position, it's important. And so David's saying, a leadership position, you guys aren't even esteeming it. I'm esteeming it. It's not just something that I just step into. I esteem that. I want to make sure that I do it right. Okay. So verse 24. The servants of Saul reported to him according to these words which David spoke. Saul then said, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry except... <laughs> this is manipulation again. He's like, well, I don't really want anything. Uh, but uh, I would like this. <laughs> it's manipulation. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't require any dowry except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines to take vengeance of, on the king's enemies. Okay. He doesn't want any dowry. In other words, you're going to move into this position. Uh, he doesn't want you know, a whole bunch of money from you, but... Here's what he wants, a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Well, you know, I imagine the Philistine men, they didn't want to just give up their foreskin. Um, so in other words, David's going to have to kill them, a hundred of them, kill them, and then take the foreskin. And uh, okay. So it says, now Saul planned to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. In other words, here's what Saul was doing. I'm going to ask him to kill 100 Philistines. Surely he's going to get killed. And I'll handle my problem because Saul was jealous of David. But watch what happens in a real leader's heart who knows who they are in God. Verse 26. When his servants told David these words, it pleased David to become the king's son-in-law. It pleased him. He said, oh, is that all you need? <laughs> is that it? You just need me to kill a hundred Philistines, basically? That's all it takes to get into this place? He said, oh, I'll, I'll do that. Now, I, I mean, I'm thinking right now, God just, if he asked me to go and take out a hundred men, that's a chore. Yeah. Look at the faith that's on David. Look at his confidence in the Lord. A good leader has confidence in Jesus Christ. Just this morning I was talking to somebody, <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but he said, I'm glad my father-in-law didn't make that request to me. <laughs> Jade said, laugh out loud, okay. <laughs> so then, he imagine this, the confidence that it took in David to kill a hundred men. That's a, look at the confidence. I was talking to a leader this morning. And I, I said, one of the things that was really important to me was this, I, I wouldn't say that it 
I wouldn't say necessarily that it was completely easy on my flesh, but I would say I think it was easier than other people see it because of some of the training. But they can get there just like this if they'll just hear what I'm about to say. When I went through boot camp at Paris Island, when I came out of there, pretty much every Marine that comes out of boot camp thinks that they're invincible, thinks there's nothing they can't do. They feel bulletproof, and uh, that's what causes them to win a lot is because they really don't see obstacles anymore. They don't see obstacles. And so when I got into the kingdom and I realized, because in, when you're a recruit at you know, Paris Island Marine Corps boot camp, uh, it's like the lowliest life form on the earth for that period of time, and you don't really have many rights. And uh, you're definitely not in a democracy. You are definitely not, you're not given a vote. Um, <laughs> and that's not the society that we live in. We have a vote in this republic of the United States of America. However, uh, we have choices. As a recruit, you don't have choices. Well, that made it very easy for me in the kingdom of God when God would say something, hey, have faith in me and have confidence in me. I would just say, okay. Yeah. I would go back to those boot camp days. Sir, yes, sir. You know, I would go back to those boot camp days. Sir, yes, sir. It was easy for me just to go. Go do this. Okay. Go do this. Okay. Don't do that. Yes, sir. You know, it was easy for me to do that. And so if there was an obstacle that looked you know, like taking out a hundred men, okay. Like, all right, I may die doing it, but I will not stop, right? Well, when you combine that attitude with faith in Jesus Christ at the word of God, it says 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So it's simply a mind change. It's just, it's simply a mindset on the promises of God. Every promise in him is yes and amen. It's simply a mindset. It's simply a change of the mind. And if I can get that into people that I'm ministering to, that you simply be obedient to God, stop feeling like there's an option for you to vote whether or not you should, and don't believe that any obstacle will stand in your way, you will do great and mighty things because what you're doing is you're putting faith on God. So a good leader has confidence in God. Not necessarily in himself, but in God. A good leader will have confidence in himself, but that also is generated from God. I'm not confident in myself because of myself only. I'm confident in myself because of my confidence in what God has done through me and is doing through me. And you can have that same confidence. We can walk together in a place that becomes undefeatable, that having done all stand, because the devil has lost all power and authority. Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto me. That leaves zero for the devil. So why do we lose? It's simply because we don't know what God said, or we're not obedient to it, or we don't have confidence in him. But that verse says, thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph 
through Christ. So all we have to do is reach out to Jesus, take him by the hand, let him lead us, and we're every time God makes a promise, we are always going to triumph. Every time. Every time. So when you take away your democratic vote on whether or not you want to follow what God says, and you build yourself up in confidence that with God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of a sudden, you become an undefeatable person in the things of God. It it really is that simple. And here you see uh, King Saul in full manipulation says, yeah, okay, you know, I don't want a dowry. Just go kill a hundred Philistines and bring me their foreskin. And David's like, is that it? (laughs) That's all? To be a a son-in-law of the king? That's all I got to do? Because he knew who he was in God. Look at this confidence. Oh, right now, I sense the Holy Ghost rising up kings and leaders, people who would be kings in their society, rising up. That's it. All I have to do is believe God and I can do great and mighty things and do exploits for God. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, it can't be that simple. It is. It's that simple. That's it. Put it in the comments right now. Say, I am going to be a king for God. I'm going to be, put it in whatever you you need. I'm going to be a leader for God. I'm going to be a CEO for God. Now, if you try and do it for your own reasons, it's going to go bad. But if you do it for God, God will empower you. If that's the destiny, the vision he's given, I'm going to be. Get a hold of it now. Confess that thing. I'm going to be a leader for God. I'm going to be the great, a great minister for God. And you can put in there, I'm going to do exploits for God. I'm going to do exploits for God. God's looking for people that he can show himself strong on, on their behalf. All we have to do is get our heart right and God will empower us to do these things. I'm going to be. There's people that are watching that you've been wanting. You know on the inside of you something has been desiring more. Get out of mediocrity. I need to get out of average. I'm tired of not being what I feel like I'm called to be, what I'm created to be. I know there's more for me. And God's saying, yes. Yes, God's sitting there and he's your cheerleader and he's the one who will empower you to do it. He's he's your loving father. He's going, yes, yes. Way to go, son. Way to go, daughter. Yes, rise up, rise up. That's you. He's looking. And Jeremiah 29, God says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope for you to fare well and not for calamity. God has zero plans for your calamity. He only has plans to give you a future and a joy and a confidence and an expectation and for you to fare well, for you to prosper in everything that you do. That's that's God. God wants you to prosper in everything you do. Put it in the comments right now. Um, We need to get uh, active with our faith. Many times that's confessing that. It's putting it in the comments during this. God wants me to prosper in everything I do. 
God wants me to prosper in everything I do. Quickly, as you write that in, let me read this verse to you. 3 John, verse 2. Beloved, you're his beloved. You can put it in the comments. I'm his beloved. God wants me to prosper in everything that I do. I'm his beloved. I'm his beloved. Verse 2. Beloved, I pray. This is the Holy Ghost praying on your behalf. Beloved, I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Today, as you're listening to the word being preached, your soul is prospering. And God's saying, I'm raising you up today. And and listen, share the broadcast. Here's the thing. There's other people that you know God wants to raise up too. Why be stingy with it and be like, I found the key, I found the answer, I'm not going to tell you. Why be like that? No, share it. Give, give help. You know, a lot of times people are there, well, I don't, I don't necessarily have all the money that I want to give. I want to donate. Listen, use what's in your hand. I don't care if you had to put in $1 or 50 cents or whatever. Do what that, those offerings bless me more than the big ones. Because I know that person has a heart to give no matter what it looks like. That's a humility in that way. That's a humility. But here's something else. Even if you didn't have it available, I don't have the the stuff hooked up. Here's what I can do. I can advance the kingdom simply by sharing a broadcast where the soul of people will prosper. And as their soul prospers, they will prosper and be in health as their soul prospers. Yeah, Barrett says start with what you have. See, a lot of times we're holding back. We don't realize how much we have. Every person that has Facebook has the ability to sow the gospel today simply by hitting the share button. That's all you... If you have Facebook, you can share it. That's it. If you have YouTube, you can go and subscribe to the channel and that way you'll you'll be in the know when more stuff comes out. And then you can help share. See, people, they'll, they'll make excuses. They won't take the actions that they do, but they'll take every action that they shouldn't. That's not going to be your story. You're going to be the kind of people that move in the power of God and do great and mighty things. As your soul prospers, God will prosper you in everything that you do. Your heart will turn and be mature towards Him and watch how God takes you up to new levels. God's got great and mighty things for you. I'm talking to some kings today. I'm talking to some high priests today. I'm talking to CEOs. I'm talking to millionaires and billionaires today. I'm talking to people who will be the servant leader that makes Jesus take notice. I'm talking to some great and mighty people today. Glory to God. Verse 26, when his servants told David these words, go and kill these hundred Philistines, it pleased David to become the king's son-in-law. Before the days had expired, David rose up and went, he and his men, and struck down 200 men among the Philistines. (laughs) I won't just do 100, I'll do two. Why would David do two? You remember... You remember in uh, the New Testament, Jesus said, if a man asks you for this, give him two. If he asks you for a cloak, give him two. In other words, I'm going to esteem what was asked. And what David is doing is he's esteeming the office and the inheritance of being a son-in-law. The position, he's esteeming it. He's saying, if you're asking for a hundred, I'm not just going to give you a hundred, I'll give you two. 
Where is this thinking in our society today? It might have been lost in the majority of people, but today you're finding a thinking of God again that will take you and lift you up to higher places. You're finding a thinking of God that will promote you, exalt you, and raise you up in God's ways, not in a wrong way, in God's ways. And how does it do that? Simply by saying, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to esteem things your way. Then David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. So Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, for a wife. Can you imagine the thoughts of King Saul at that moment? Like, my gracious, I thought he was going to die. (sighs) My plan has completely backfired, and now I have to give him my daughter, Jeez, let let me tell you this. When you start following God's ways, he tells us uh, over in Psalms, he says, God will shatter the teeth of your enemies. In other words, they will grit their teeth. He will shatter them. In other words, the enemies of God, he will embarrass them. This This is who we're called to be. Not the people who never have victory. We're called to be the people that always have victory. But not in pride, in humility. 28. When Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him, then Saul was even more afraid of David. Thus Saul was David's enemy continually. Let me give you a compare and a contrast here. Well... Let me read verse 30, then we'll finish up. Then the commanders of the Philistines went out to battle, and it happened as often as they went out that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so his name was highly esteemed. A good leader, God will esteem their name among the people. God will esteem their name among the people. God will esteem their name among the people. I want to look at a couple of verses, but I want to compare and contrast a couple of things here. One is this. One is, what about Joseph? See, Joseph, when he came into Potiphar's house, Potiphar esteemed him, and Potiphar's whole house rose up. When you see somebody that has an anointing on their life, they might not be perfect. David wasn't perfect, but he had an anointing. Do you esteem them? Or do you do like Saul and you're constantly in torment because you're afraid of that anointing? Which one? Which one are you? Which one are you? The kind that esteems what God has given in the gift of people around you and when you see that anointing and you esteem? Look at the widow that saw the man of God that passed by their house all the time. Look at that widow. What, what did she do? She told her husband, hey, we need, to build a, we need to build something. So when he comes by, he's got a prophet's chamber here. And when that widow then went on, she was given the gift of a boy. Blessing was on her. And then when the boy died, the boy, the power of God was there to raise her son back to life. And then uh, when a famine came and she had lost some, she got all of the, she was completely restored from every year. Everything that the famine had taken, she was completely restored. This is what happens when we esteem things. Saul could have done that. What about with Joseph? And you know, Potiphar esteemed the anointing, and Potiphar's whole house went up. 
that Egypt, when Joseph is in the jail, finally Pharaoh esteems the anointed, puts Joseph in charge, even though they're like different religions. He puts Joseph and saves all of Egypt. This is what happens when we honor the things of God. But here's the thing. God will make a mockery of the enemies. We must be people of honor, not people of pride, but people of honor. And we must have a confidence in God. And we must esteem, just like David. You know, it it looks like David's not necessarily honoring God directly when he honors uh, being the son-in-law of the king. But what David's doing is saying, this son-in-law of the king position, it's only a gift that God could give me. I'm not just stepping into it like, oh yeah, I, I knew this was coming all my, you know, ever since Samuel anointed me, I knew this was coming. No, you see the humility that God can show himself strong on. And all of a sudden, this humility puts him in a place where his enemy's traps don't even work against him. Look at this, Psalm 3, verse 7. Arise, O Lord. Arise. This is David speaking. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for you have smitten all of my enemies on the cheek and you have shattered the teeth of the wicked. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. This is what happens when we honor the things of God and we are a people of honor. Go to Psalms 126. I love these verses, verse 1 through 3. Psalms 126, 1 through 3. When we will give ourselves to God and be the people of God that we're called to be, he says this, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. And our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, not even among the people of God, among the people who weren't of God, they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. This is the kind of stuff God wants to do with people all over the place. But so many people don't position themselves in godliness to be the leaders that they've called to be, to be the the kings, the priests, the ministers, the servant leaders, the supervisors, the, the CEOs. They don't position themselves to be godly in those areas. And so these things don't happen. But this is the heart of God. The heart of God is saying, I want you to be like those who dream. I want the people around you to have no response that they can say, but golly, God's blessing them. God... I can't can't say anything else. God is blessing them. The Lord has done great things for them. That's the testimony that God wants you to have. That's the testimony God wants us to have. But we got to study to show ourselves approved. Be diligent to put some good godly things on. Stop playing games. Wake up to the reality. That's what he's calling you to do today. Just put it in the comments. Say, Lord, I will be the leader that you've called me to be. I will be the leader that you've called me to be.
I will be the leader. I will walk in godliness. I will walk in confidence. I will be who you've called me to be. I won't make excuse for it. I won't back away from it. I won't get weary and well-doing towards it. I will be the leader you've called me to be. I will put on character. I will put on integrity. I will put on honor. I will, I will put on confidence and boldness in you like David did. And you will show yourself strong on my behalf. You will do exploits through me. Because what I'm showing is that I know who you are and I seek to be like you in godliness, in holiness, in righteousness, and do those right things. I will be the leader that you've called me to be. Thank you, Father. Now just receive that. Right now, just receive the call of God to be who you're called to be. Lord, I receive. You're calling me to godliness. You're calling me to new heights today. Lord, I receive your call. I ask you for strength. And I receive your strength by faith to walk this out all the days of my life. As long as I'm on the earth, I ask you for strength to walk it out and do exploits. Say, Lord, I receive your call to be a godly leader. I ask you for the strength to walk it out. And I believe I have received your, your strength. And I thank you. I thank you. Just put it in the comments. Say, Lord, thank you for using me. Thank you for using me. Thank you for using me. God's doing great things. I can, I can sense hearts changing right now. I can sense the hearts changing. This message has hit some people at their core. I can sense it. The hearts are changing. God's calling some people up to a new level like he's never called you before. I can sense the Holy Spirit longing to change and turn your heart from where it was to the places. And I can sense you going, yes, that's what I need to do. I can sense it. Now receive the strength of God. Thank you, Lord, for using me. Thank you, Lord, for using me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for using me. Thank you, Lord. For using me. Who was I. That you would choose us. Who were we Lord. That you would choose us. Who were we. That you would not destroy the earth. And yet. The very people. Who were enemies of God. Helpless and sinners. Gave away authority of the earth. Jesus grabs the authority back turns right back to us and says, here, now take it as a part of my family. Who are we? Lord, let us be everything you've called us to be. Let us not be held back. Let us be people of honor and confidence in every way. And We praise you and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just tell them, put it in the comments. Thank you, Lord. Just worship them. Lord, we worship you. 
We give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Father, we praise you and we thank you in advance for things that you're going to have us do. Great and mighty things. Great strength and honor. Lord, thank you. Thank you. We worship you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you haven't done it yet, share the broadcast. People need to hear this message. It's time, you see, the society might not be in this place at this point. Society doesn't think like this message is what I've found. It's been my experience. Society doesn't think like this. Generally, we have not thought like this. But in order to change society, which is our job as an ambassador, there's got to be somebody who will stand up and say, I will put on godly character like that. I'll walk it out if nobody else does. Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. I'll, but what does it take? It takes, Lord, here's my life. Let me give you my life. That's what it takes. Somebody who makes a real commitment to this for the rest of their life. I've watched many people make decisions and it'll last a day or two, a week, a month, sometimes a year or two. That's rare. That's more rare. But every now and then there'll be somebody that says, my life is yours from this point forward. This is a decision that I've made and I stand on it and it needs to be that way all the time. And I've seen a few people over time make that decision. What if we all did it? How could we change society, change the thinking? This is where we need to be. This is what we're called to be, to be the ambassadors, to be the salt, the preserving factor, to be the light of God that spreads the news of his goodness all over the earth. We won't spread it like we're called to until we give ourselves to do it all his way. Everything we do, every thought we have, all his way, that's when it really works. When we're hot for God, not lukewarm. He's calling you to these places. Lord, thank you for changing hearts today. So if you make that decision, he's going to use you to be a standard bearer of his good news. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about us. He's going to use us. How does it feel to already know that you're going to be used by God? Put it in the comments again. Thank you, Lord, for using me. Thank you, Father, for using me. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, some people, this is not for everybody. What I'm about to say, this is not for everybody. But it is for some people. How do you honor? There's an anointing on this message today. That's without question. How do you honor that anointing? You honor it by making a true decision, committing to that decision, and not letting go of it. Just like Jesus in the garden, he chose to go to the cross, and then he committed to go in that way. There's a, it's a choice. There's a thing where it says, I'm honoring you. I will honor you, and I'm going to mark it. How did... Um, how did uh, Noah mark his thanks for the blessing of God saving his family. He set up an altar. How did, 
How did people all throughout the Bible set up and honor God by giving their thanks? They said, Lord, we're going to worship you. We're going to thank you. We're going to offer to you our stuff, our stuff. There's a principle of God. This is not for everybody. This, this is free. It, the whole thing is free. But there's certain people that, that recognize these biblical truths and they say, Lord, I want to honor you and I want to seal it. And they'll, they'll say, I need to give something. doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what it is. That's between you and the Lord. But there's somebody that's saying, Lord, I need to seal this. See, when I'm, personally, I'm going to give you a, a thing I do. Personally, when I sense the anointing on a message that changes me and marks me, I make sure that I seal it with an offering. I give. I donate. I, I do whatever the Lord tells me to do. It's very important to do that to me. It's not for everybody, uh, not because it's not for everybody, it's because they might not be there yet. They might not understand the principles behind that. But there are spiritual principles involved. And if you start to understand that, you start to seal, this is where I'm at, and it helps us. It's not, it's not because God needs it, it's because we need to do it. So you're welcome to give. And uh, like I said, you heard me a couple weeks ago, the Lord corrected me. He got on to me for not offering that. Because people many times will need to give to sow into the gospel or to seal something. You can do that. You know, it's on there. You can see where it's pinned and you can see there on the, on the screen how you can give. And Facebook, hashtag donate, over on anywhere else at givebc.org. But the key is, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll be obedient to you. See, many people, they don't, as soon as you talk about finances and money, they immediately switch off because their heart's not given in that area. I don't care. See, I'm not afraid of what God tells me to give. That doesn't bother me at all. Why? Because I know if he tells me to give it, he'll provide the seed to the sower. I just got a purpose in my heart to be a sower, and he'll give me the seed. So that's not something that concerns me. I also know that if I'm sowing it, he'll give me the seed that I didn't have before. And now that I've planted the seed, I have a harvest in the future based off of it. So it's like a win-win. But many people don't understand it. And as I say, Lord, let me be a, a, a sower that seals this thing up in the anointing. Let me show my honor and my thanks of what you did by using me. How important is it? Think about this. How important is it that you are somebody that's used by God, that God does great and mighty things through you? What, how does that benefit you? Doesn't, isn't the one who gives the power for you to do great and mighty things? Yes. You couldn't do great and mighty things without him. He gives every good and perfect gift comes from him comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning in James 1.17. If you've got the ability to do great and mighty things, it all comes from him. You couldn't have done it on your own. So he's granting you a gift to do great and mighty things. Now, what does that do for you? Number one, it builds the kingdom of God. If you're doing great and mighty things, it builds the kingdom of God. Well, on the earth... What does he say? He says, basically, if you give of yourself to me for my name's sake or for the gospel's sake, I'll give to you now and in the time to come a hundredfold return. So God actually sets up when you work for him, he pays wages and gives blessings to people that work for him now in this earth and in eternity. So when we do great and mighty things, we have awards that go on for eternity. 
So the message you heard today is not just a message of, hey, build God's kingdom and you never get anything. No, he's already set it up that you'll get rewarded for that. So when you receive a message like this today, what did he actually give to you? He gave to you and opened up the door for you to be blessed for the rest of your life here on earth and for you to be completely blessed in eternity because you gave yourself to be used by God. Is that worthy of something to thank him for and to give to him for? Absolutely. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand what's actually in this word and the blessings and the goodness of God. Not only that, but the things that you will give, he'll give you the seed. When you donate or give or sow into the kingdom of God, he'll give you the seed for that. Somebody, somebody's getting a hold of this today. Somebody's realizing, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see. So what God basically does is says, I want to bless you here, I want to bless you then, I want to bless you now, and I'm going to give you seed out that you didn't have so that you can plant it so that you can have a harvest here and then that you didn't have. So I'm looking to bless you at four different places. Here for what you do, here for what you sow, there for what you do, there for what you sow. All you have to do is position your heart to say, Lord, I'm yours, and I'm going to honor you in what I do. And he'll give you stuff you didn't even have. But a lot of people, all they do is like, well, he's just asking me for that. No, I'm not. I'm asking you actually to open up your heart, and God will give you what, you, what you're giving. He'll give you the seed in that way. I've seen it. It's many times, um, I think Buddy is still on here. If he is, Buddy, wave at me uh, if he's still on here. This afternoon, he's actually going to do a teaching on breaking through in financial things. And I, we were talking the other day, and I said, most people don't realize that finances and giving is like Christianity 101. And if you don't understand uh, finances and giving, you'll never meet, uh, move on to the true riches of the kingdom, the power of God, the great and mighty things. Uh, many times people don't realize that, and that's the thing they trip up on the most. I could go, there he is. So he's, what time's your broadcast? Is it at 3 this afternoon, buddy? Um, Many times people don't understand that if you want to move on into the power of God, you've got to get on top of giving first. But I can go into churches all over the world, <laughs> all over the world. As soon as I start talking about finances, people drop like flies. It gets real quiet. They stop looking at me. They were cheering a second ago. They were praising God. But then all of a sudden I talk about money. They're like, oh, I wish he'd go on. Just preach, preacher. You know, I am preaching. I'm trying to get, if you'll get past first grade, we can go on to college, right? We can go on to a career that pays dividends, but you can't get there if you don't pass first grade, and first grade is giving. And so that's, that's the thing. we got to move into it. Amen. Buddy says he'll be on at 3 o'clock. If you won't break through in your finances, he's going to give you some of the keys this afternoon. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We love you. We praise you. We give you all of the glory. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Lord, everything that anybody gives, Lord, I just ask that you would receive it. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over into their lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it and we praise you for it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Marky. I see that donate came through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you and we love you. Thank you for sowing into the kingdom. 
Lord, let it be multiplied. Let it be multiplied in Jesus' name. Let it be returned. Lord, supernatural harvest. Supernatural harvest. Amen. Uh, Mark it specifically on what you just gave. Lord, let it be quick and let it be multiplied in huge amounts in Jesus' name. I mean something that catches her attention in such a big way it brings tears to her eyes. Lord, let it be multiplied in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just praise you for it, and I thank you for it. Marky, that's just, that was specific for you. As soon as I saw it come through, I felt like the Lord said that. So I'm looking forward to hearing that testimony. Amen. Lord, let everything be multiplied in Jesus' name. Every gift from the smallest to the biggest, let it be multiplied 30, 60, 100-fold. Lord, let them receive every bit. Father, break through in the finances. While everybody else is in famine, let them be in the land of plenty. While everybody else is in darkness in their finances, let every giver be like in the land of Goshen where they have the light of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it. We praise you and we love you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we love you. Have a great day tomorrow. We'll be back here talking some more about the man who would be king. It's going to be awesome. Share the broadcast, and we'll talk to you soon. We love you so very much. Thank you for joining us with Lunch Plus. I do like that too, Barrett. We'll see about what we do with it. Lunch Plus, we thank you for uh, being here. And listen, God is calling you to be a great leader in his body, to do exploits, to do great and mighty things. That's who you are. Go be that for the rest of the day. Think that way. Meditate on that. Let God be who God wants to be through you. Amen. Have a good day. Bye-bye.